0: Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis, and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host Gourmet, and I am happy to be with you today, ready to bring you the story of yet another awesome dude that I have connected with through the power of the interwebs. His name is Andy Sprecher. Andy, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. How about yourself?
0: I'm good, man. I'm excited. We're going to get to talk, so... Let's get to it, man. Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Well, uh, I've always been a big guy, and um, I lived my life like that since I was a teenager, and, um, you know, got really hooked into drugs. Um, Didn't necessarily do good things. I wasn't really a good person or a nice person, and um, later on in life, you know, after just, you know, being already big, but not, you know, you know, disability big, um, I ended up experiencing a lot of deaths in my family, and got diagnosed with some health problems um, that led to my eating addiction. Uh, I got up to about four hundred to four hundred and fifteen pounds top. Um, I became pretty much kind of bedridden. I couldn't move. I, I didn't get out of bed much. I could only walk about five feet. Um, it got really bad, and um, one of my doctors one day is like, "Hey, man, you know you need to you need to get this weight loss surgery." And I'm like, Ugh you know i've tried diets diets didn't work for me i decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on it and um but you had to prove that you could lose the weight on your own before they would you know do that for you so i went through pretty much a year of classes um i kicked the drugs cold turkey um haven't touched the drugs since 2018 um i did these classes for a year uh Lost thirty pounds on my own, proved I could handle it. Um, Ended up getting the bariatric sleeve. I was able to lose sixty to seventy pounds drastically off of that that procedure. It got me out of the bed. Once I was able to get out of the bed, then I started doing outdoor activities to burn calories, like you know hiking and stuff like that, and started going to the gym, getting on the treadmill. You know, admiring those weightlifters. You know, saying, "Oh man, you know, I want to be like that." And uh, that goal seemed impossible, but <clears throat> uh, less than a year later, I got there. Now I'm probably in some of the best shape in my life. I work out six or seven days a week. I eat healthy. Um, it's it's an addiction.
0: Well, let's let you know. There's addiction. I think is a good word that kind of segues into everything that you're just we're putting out there and. That's a, a great overview so let, let's go let's go back to the beginning of it all for you man. like did you grow up? Were you a big kid? Like what was it like? like when were, when did you first become conscious of your weight? Uh, I,
1: I wasn't really conscious of it. It was pretty much everyone else was conscious of it. Um, I was bullied pretty much at an early age from I and I was always a big kid. you know growing up I was started out chubby as an adolescent and then you know as a teen I got really big. And it really kind of peaked in my later 20s.
0: So, do you think, like, because I'm just always curious when, when someone grows up big, like, was it, were you, is it, did food issues develop for you young? Was it just, you know, not having a sense of portion control? Like, where do you really contribute it beginning for you?
1: I feel like eating was kind of like, you know, something to us. It's it kind of like out of boredom. Mm. Um, I been I, I mean I would eat bad, my habits were bad. I drank t- twelve to twenty four pack of soda a day, uh McDonald's I mean everything you could possibly think of I would just eat it. I think it was kind of like boredom or you know kind of like mental because I did have a lot of mental issues, um you know, losing my father and stuff like that um so I think a lot of it was just you know boredom and just that's how I coped,
0: yeah. Well, I think food as a coping mechanism is something that a lot of people listening uh, can definitely relate to. And when you think about your experience, like, because one of the things you mentioned along the way was like making some attempts at dieting. Did you, were you trying to diet when you were younger or was it just kind of head down, get through the bullying? It,
1: that was it was pretty much my i really didn't care what kids think because i mean i grew up getting bullied yeah um i think it was in my mid-20s i just got tired of being big i just got tired of feeling unhealthy like i wake up and i feel like crap like i couldn't do nothing and you couldn't go enjoy things like hiking or <clears throat> sorry i got a really scratchy throat that's okay <laughs> but you couldn't enjoy things and i just wanted to be you know fit like this guy or i'd watched you know jay cutler videos or I just wanted to look like that. I wanted to be fit.
0: So up until that point, like you said, like, were you just, you accepted you're the big guy and that's the way things were going to be?
1: Yeah. I, I pretty much just accepted it. And, and what it got you, worse.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I went through a lot of bullying, especially for weight when I was a kid. Like, how do you think that shaped your experiences as you grew up?
1: Uh, I mean... That's a hard one to explain. Um, I feel like being big and causes mental issues and I believe the way you're treated as you're young you know with those mental issues and being big at the same time just causes you to be kind of a jerk. And so when I first got on this fitness journey, I noticed a lot of my stuff changing you know the way I treated people, the way I I started caring about others. And now it's all about, you know, everything's healed, not only my weight, but it's like my mental side. You know, all I'm about is motivating others. And, you know, if I see someone doing something that, you know, they can get hurt, I'm, I'm not a personal trainer yet, but I'm quick to say, hey, man, my advice, do this this way. You know, you're, you're, you might get injured doing it that way. You know, I, I just want to help people. So it's a complete 360 of what yeah. I used to be.
0: And at what point, because, you know, like you said you know, your issues weren't just food, you know, when did, when did drugs come into play for you? Uh, real early, really
1: early. I started doing drugs in my early twenties, but I, I didn't really consider smoking weed a drug. I did that when I was 15, but you know, I started getting into the heavier, heavier stuff in my twenties and later thirties, it got really bad.
0: And do you think like it was cause I, I, I've talked to a lot of guys recently on the show that not only dealt with food issues, but dealt with drug issues or alcohol issues and, and kind of intersecting addictions. Do you feel like your relationship with food, you know, was inter- like that use of food as a coping mechanism was a similar mechanism to kind of why you were, you know, the role that drugs start had played in your life?
1: Yeah, I, I don't even know why I started doing those drugs. I mean, honestly, I think it was just to fit in. And then you just it took control, but it's very similar to the eating addiction. A little easier to kick. Um, I was able to kick it pretty easy.
0: Which is is another big part of it all, you know, because it's not just as when you're dealing with multiple addiction issues, it's not just everything goes away at the same time. You know, like one one thing fixes everything, quote unquote. Yes. Like that's not the reality of it. Like you said, our lives are a lot more complex. You know our health isn't just about the physical. Our health is also about the emotional and the mental. So there's so many moving pieces when it comes to these journeys. Like, did you, so for you, was it drugs came first in terms of having to tackle the issue or were you working on things concurrently? Like take us into kind of like that when you started to make change, what did that headspace look like for you?
1: Well, <clears throat> I did quit the drugs first. The drugs was my main priority and the drugs I did You know, when I quit because I did them so long, you know, had some after effects with my my mental well-being, and I was able to see more clearly as, you know, when I started the weight loss journey because of quitting the drugs, but I did get a lot of mental defects, you know, in the process of that that right now I don't currently feel like I deal with because I I don't take pills at all now, and it, it... the drugs was definitely the main goal. And once I was able to kick that, then everything else kind of went into perspective. You know, I was able to kind of read situations better and listen more about this weight loss thing and, and take it more seriously.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what was that perspective shift? Like knowing, you know, when someone is, you know, in the throes of a drug addiction, like their perspective on a lot of things in life is skewed, like coming out of that, where did that leave your perspective on your overall health in general? Uh,
1: I mean, it was great. My perspective on everything was clear. Um, It wasn't cloudy at all. Everything I would question, you know, I'd question, oh, man, can I do this weight loss thing? Oh, I'm just going to fail. You know, that was just the drugs talking. And once you just eliminate that, then you're able to read read the situations better and say, yeah, I can do this. You know, and anybody can do it once you do it. You know, it's it, it's it's just a really clear perspective versus the cloudiness and the questioning of everything. If that answers your question.
0: No, it definitely does. It definitely does. When, you know, from your perspective, like being able to share that experience with, with people that are listening, like what do you think were the things that helped you the most when coming through that to get to that clearer perspective?
1: Uh, you talking about after quitting the drugs or? Yeah,
0: or even like what, what did it take, you know, what, for, from your, from, cause you're the one that went through it, you know, yeah. the rest of us can kind of look on the outside and hear you say, you know, I went cold Turkey and got off the drugs. Like having been that person in the trenches doing that, what were the things that helped you get through that experience? <clears throat> um, honestly, I got tired of,
1: uh, when you're big, you get treated and I'm sure you can attest to this. You get treated differently. And I just kind of got tired of being treated, you know, like I was nothing, you know, I'd walk into a place and, you know, people would look down instead of making eye contact with you. Um, I just kind of got tired of being that outcast and, and druggy, you know, just pretty much someone with no future. And that helped me get through it. You know, what a clean life I could have, you know, I could be like this guy, I could be like my idols, um, I could make a difference instead of, you know, just wasting away. Um, it, those were my motivations. You know, just like I said, I would watch bodybuilding videos always. I was always into that. And I'd watch people like Jay Cutler, you know, his his uh, his story. And it just, that was my motivation. You know, I want to look like that. I want to be like that. I want to be motivated. I want to do whatever it takes to achieve these goals. Uh, and that's pretty much what got me through it.
0: Yeah. And you had mentioned that even outside of of dealing with the issues with drugs and with food and your weight, like you had had some other health issues come into play that kind of brought you to the place of having to confront your weight. Like what do you think if that hadn't happened, that you would have still found that motivation to make changes to your health? Or do you think there was a catalyst in there for you? Uh, Probably not. I mean... The, the thing the what you're talking about my rheumatoid
1: arthritis and um that definitely makes it harder when you're bigger uh to do things uh um once i was able to drop some weight you know the ra stopped being a big issue it still is an issue you know i still deal with it every day i'm in pain every day and i don't even take medication for that now um but it, it definitely helped
0: you know yeah and it- and it was, because in your kind of overview of your story, you talked about getting to a play, point where you were basically bedridden, was that, that was direct impact from your rheumatoid arthritis, correct? Like that yes, the pain? Or big, yeah.
1: yeah, it's the weight you're putting on those joints, you know, and, and I got diagnosed pretty early, so, you know, most people get diagnosed, as hereditary, but most people get diagnosed, you know, later on in their life. I was 30 years old when I was diagnosed. So it's been attacking me for some years now.
0: And when you were diagnosed were did they was weight brought up as, as a factor in terms of helping at that point?
1: No. I mean, they always told me when I went to the doctor, I need to you know, are you interested in losing weight, you we tried dieting? I mean, that's just something they're trained to, right. to do after every appointment. you know, oh smoke, you want to quit smoking. You know um, They never really tried to get me right when it came to my weight, it was always just, they didn't even want to get me right when it came to rheumatoid arthritis. They wanted to say it was something different like fibromyalgia or so just to get diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis took about two years. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Yeah. And to get the right medications.
0: So what was it that brought you to the point that you had that conversation with the doctor where weight loss surgery kind of came into play?
1: My mother, my, my mother had um the full surgery. It was uh I wanna say it's the bypass. And she was the one in my ear just saying, Oh, you need to get this sleep, you know, it'll make you so much better. And I'm like, I really don't want to get my stomach cut into. But after about six, seven months of her nagging about it, you know, I decided to give it a chance and went and started the classes down a place called we, a place called the Riverplex, weight management. And that's when I started doing the classes. And, um, learned all about nutrition and healthy carbs and stuff like that. And lost some weight and had the surgery last year.
0: And what was it, you know, I I always find it curious, like to talk to people that make the decision to have the surgery and are also people that kind of self-identify having used food for issues besides just, oh, I was hungry and I ate, you know, knowing that it was a coping mechanism in their life, like what was the experience of the surgery like for you, you know, especially the changes that you had to make, you know, because surgery is a physical barrier, you know, whereas like, you know, going on a quote, you know, quote unquote, going on a diet, you know, is a physical change a person makes to so like the food they put on their plate. But, you know, that isn't necessarily the barriers are more mental at that point. Like, what was it like kind of going through that experience for you?
1: Well, I can tell you it was probably one of the hardest things I ever went through. And I right now, if I knew how easy it was now to lose weight before I had the surgery, I wouldn't have had the surgery because I still feel the effects to this day. And me being in the bodybuilding, you know, is really hard for me to intake the food I need to get big. And because I'm so limited on what I can eat because of the size of my stomach, Right. um, it, it really had a big impact. I mean, vomiting and sickness. I mean, I tell you, it, it was good because it shed those 60, 70 pounds. So I'm not going to get mad about having that surgery. And, you know, I'm going to give some credit to my surgeon because if it wasn't for those 60 or 70 pounds, I'd probably still be bedridden. Right. Um, but it was a very unpleasant experience. It still kind of is.
0: No, understood. And I think, you know, we, we we can definitely get into talking about like that, the impact on the bodybuilding nutrition, because I think that's a fascinating part of it and something people probably don't think about. But to kind of stay in that place of, you know, so aside from some of those physical effects you were just talking about, you know, what was it like to have that thing that was your emotional coping mechanism now unavailable? You know, not being able to use food for what you would use it for.
1: Well, I mean it didn't really have a big impact on me because what what they call people that you know go through something like that, they'll find a transfer addiction. Now sometimes that can be a bad transfer addiction or sometimes it can be a good transfer addiction. I found the gym and bodybuilding aside, cardio or just the gym in general became my transfer addiction. So it was fairly easy to find something else to take that spot. And those cravings are you know always gonna be there, but You know, I'm just so dedicated into this and put my mind to it, you know, 110% that I'll never turn back.
0: The gym saved me, altogether, And I think that's, you know, that idea of transfer addiction is something that people don't often talk about. You know, when you see, like you said, it can manifest in a really good way or it can manifest in a really bad way for some people, you know, that go through that experience. Like the prevalence of alcohol, you know, alcohol abuse, you know, in individuals that, have that propensity towards addiction and have food addiction kind of taken off the plate for them. No pun intended. Um, So it's good to hear that you were able to find a way to kind of positively charge, you know, transfer those feelings and turn it into something that drives you now, you know, gives you that motivation and came from that place of those videos that you used to watch and those things that were always there as a part for you. Like what, what was it like to go from being bedridden to now being, you know, what you what, what it's physically like for your body today, you know, in terms of your capabilities. I,
1: uh, it's, it's, I amaze everybody. I, I, I've never been to the gym. I, I tell you, I've been to the gym maybe a couple of times when I was younger and I was never a gym person, but people look at me now and I don't get those look downs. I get hellos, you know, or conversations, you know, respect. Um, I get treated totally differently now and I feel totally different. You know, I went from not being able to move to be able to do and, you know, pull-ups. I mean, I'm probably, I'm in really great shape and I don't know, man, that's a hard question. It's a hard way to answer a question. It's, it's way different. It's a totally different life than what I had before. And it's so hard to explain because it's just, everything's different.
0: And what, cause had you in your past, Like, was the gym something you had gone to before in your past, even when you were bigger? Oh, never. So what was it like then now to, you know, what take us into then like, let me phrase this the right way. So if the, if, you know, cause you talked about, you know, working out six or seven times a week now, like you don't start there, you know, when, when did the gym start to come into play for you? Like, and what, how did you go about, you know, getting yourself into it?
1: well it started out hiking and I did that about four months after my surgery and then the gym started in play because I got tired of driving to the hiking spot which is pretty far away and um, it's only a block away so I got a membership and then in August yeah you know, I had my surgery in March 2022 and then August 2022 I started going to the gym and getting on the treadmill and I did that 20 minutes starting out you know every couple days. And then I started going four times a day, you know, upping it to about an hour with, like you know, a 2.0 incline, you know. And then I just kept doing that and then started lifting weights in December of 2022 and then got pretty jacked pretty quick because then it was just off to the races. Um, Ever since I got a little taste of those weights, it was over with. But that's what you would do when you're sitting there on the treadmill. you sit there and you watch. You'd admire the guys that were sitting there pumping the iron, you know, hitting the weights. And you're like, wow, man, these dudes are jacked. I mean, I, I want to look like that. And it was, it was pretty much shedding the weight, you know, first, what you know, what came first. But if I would have known what I know now, you know, I should have been lifting a little bit while I was shedding that weight. It would have, you know, kept from a lot of excess skin, which I don't have a lot of at all. But it would have toned that up you know, while I was doing it, but yeah, it was mostly active cardio until December, 2022. Uh-huh. And so what,
0: of course my brain is, is going to blind. I had a really good form a really well formulated question. In my brain blanks for a second on it. Of course. <laughs> um, no. So let give, let people know. Cause there may be some people who listening, who aren't already following you on Instagram and you know, in those places to see your transformation, like where were you at? at your heaviest, and where were you at when you you had surgery, and where are you, you know, kind of at today weight-wise? I
1: was at 415 pounds before I started going to these weight clinics, and then I had to lose about 25 to 30 pounds just to prove I could lose the weight, so I got down to 376, 375, if I'm correct, and then I had the surgery, and then I dropped 60 to 70 pounds pretty quickly, And got down to probably about, I wanna say 200, uh, no, no, my bad, 300, and then started hitting the cardio and then dropped significant weight throughout those months. And now I'm down to a steady 190, 195.
0: So that's a a significant transformation over the past year. Like, what is that? What's it like for your head to be along for that ride? cuz your body's oh, changing so fast.
1: It's a wild ride. I can tell you that it's wild. And it's a ride I enjoy though. It was a wild ride.
0: What are the what are the the parts that are hardest for your head to catch up to? You know, do you still see your, you know, do you still have kind of like the phantom limb syndrome when it comes to your size like what what is that like for you mentally?
1: I think it's body dysmorphia. A little bit of that, you're always going to look in the mirror, even though you know you look totally different. You're always going to be, oh man, you know, I want to get rid of this little pudge right here or this little piece right here. You know, it's all about body sculpting. Um, I still have that body dysmorphia issue. I think that'll probably stay with me for a very long time. That's probably the biggest thing.
0: And what, when you think in general, like thinking about the things that used to challenge you, you know, when you were 415 pounds and bedridden and dealing with that versus where you're at today. What are the biggest challenges in Andy's life now?
1: Getting bigger. (laughs) It's so hard to gain weight. so hard to gain weight. That's the biggest challenge right now is gaining a little bit of weight, a little bit more muscle mass.
0: And do you think that is that, is it part of the mind game side of it or is it mostly dealing with how your body processes nutrition now?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I think my body doesn't process the way it should because, of course, my stomach was cut in half. So I don't think it absorbs things as you know quickly. Um, so I think that plays a part of it, and uh, the other, that, I think that's pretty much that's it. It's that I don't think my body really works the way a normal body should work. So I'm constantly having to eat just to try to gain a couple pounds. Um, it's well, once you get to your goal, it's it's a lot harder to gain than it is to lose.
0: Which is a completely different mechanism than you were dealing with before. Oh, yeah. Which has to kind of mess with your mind a little bit. Definitely. And what is it like? Because I've also, you know, I've talked to several guys about this as well, that switch from being the person that had to lose weight to save their life to now you're intentionally trying to add mass to your body. Like, it sounds like for you, you know, because some of the guys I've talked to, when they talk about that, they talk about like, almost fear comes into play, because it's not just a fear of getting bigger, quote unquote, it's, they want to get bigger muscle wise, but they're worried that that will lead them down a path of putting weight back on fat wise. Like, do you deal with that at all? Or was it because it sounds like your motive, part of your motivation was getting to this place that you could add muscle mass to your body. So is it more something that's exciting to you? Or is there any of that fear there? Uh,
1: At first, when I first thought about it, because I, you know, just like I said, I follow a lot of Jay Cutler. and i was looking at him. I'm like, that's gonna that's gonna take a lot of eating to get that big. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, am I gonna get fat? And you know, I, I was scared the first month, but the, then after I was pretty much eating all these foods, but I put extreme work in the gym. Um, I wasn't gaining any body fat. I was going to get measured. You know, I was still losing body fat, and so I'm like, well, what I'm doing is working. So I don't have that fear anymore. Um, I just make sure what I eat is clean and good. You know, it's not anything crazy. Um, I make sure to eat healthy stuff, you know, good carbohydrates versus bad carbohydrates. Um, Lots of protein, you know, not a lot of fats. So I'm very, very religious on my nutrition. Um, I think if if you're religious on that and if you track your stuff and you know what you're doing nutrition-wise, I think that fear would leave a lot of people that want to add muscle mass or want to add muscle. You just got to know what you're eating and, you know, what's going to be a good carb versus a bad carb, you know? And there's, of course, I'm not going to get in this whole topic, but of course there's this fear of carbohydrates in general, you know, being big. Um, it's all about what what you eat. And once you get dialed into that, then that fear just easily goes away.
0: What do you think helped you get dialed in on that, you know, versus the way you were eating, you know, for most of your life?
1: Um. Well, trial and error, you know, I would try certain carbs out and I wasn't feeling any different or, you know, if I wasn't putting on any mask, then I'm like, all right, well, this isn't working. Let's try some, you know, better carbs. So I started kind of getting really religious into the, you know, bananas and, you know, rice, um, stuff like that. And, you know, good, good stuff. Um, that's, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I got dialed in just by eating certain carbs and going to the gym and feeling the difference. And then that's when I started tracking those certain carbs. And now I'm pretty much into a certain, you know, kind of, I don't know how to say it. I eat the same crap every week. You know what I'm saying? So I pretty much know what I'm doing. I don't even have to track it anymore because I know exactly how many carbs are in this meal and how much proteins in this meal. I mean, it's just about, you know, trial and error. Everybody everybody is different. You just got to find what works for you.
0: And you have to be willing to do that. Like, I think, you know, pe- often people just want to have the answer served up to them and don't realize that to find the, the right answers, sometimes you have to do some work and you have to do that trial and error. You have to be, take some risks and find your way through.
1: Exactly. So what, Hundred
0: what are the goals that you're, you know, you're talking, you know, you're obviously bodybuilding is, is a part of this in the gym. Like, what are the goals that you're working on now?
1: Well, I would like to, I announced it on my Twitter, but I would like to, uh, I would like to be on stage in a couple of years. I know it's going to take a couple of years of work, but I would like to eventually get on stage and, um, you know, do that whole, it's kind of a dream of mine, you know, never thought I'd be in that kind of mind frame, but I'm pretty dedicated. And so that's my goal now is to be on stage in a couple of years and to motivate others and help people as much as I can possibly.
0: So let's talk about that side of it, you know, wanting to motivate others and help people. Like when you think about the position that you were in when, you know, how you grew up with your weight and and like the issues that you dealt with and those things that you came through, what are the biggest lessons you think you learned that you feel like other people who might be going through similar circumstances need to hear?
1: Uh, can Can you ask the question again?
0: Sure. So thinking about everything that you've been through, you know, to get where you're at today in life you know, all the the different addictions you've challenged, you know, dealing with your weight, making the decisions that you made, getting into working out, all of that. What do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned coming through your journey that someone who is like your before should hear? Like, what what are the things, you know, wanting to help other people, I think part of it is sharing our experiences, not just the details of our experiences, but how we've processed them and what we've learned. Like, what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned that you would want people listening to this to hear.
1: I've learned about diets. You know that. Y- you know. I've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work. Um, uh, I've learned a lot about proteins. I've, I mean, that's a hard question to answer. Um, I'm just. I watch well, all these videos, you know, and well, i just that, trying
0: and, to, that, and maybe let me let me try to rephrase the question a little bit for you, yeah. like. So thinking about these, you know, cause I think in some levels you went to, what are the details that you learned? Like, I'm thinking more like if someone wants to learn what you have, you know, and be able to make the changes that you have, what are the things that they need to, you know, how should, what is your advice in terms of them even approaching the, the idea of making change? Like when you think about, so if someone, someone DMs you and says, look, you know, I'm 400 pounds and I'm in pain every day and I want to make change. Like, where is the big picture direction you would, you would send that person? Like, what is the path you you would want them to, you know, you think they should, should get out on. And that's not to say exactly what are the changes they need to make, but I think more of that piece, like you were talking about the trial and error, like, what do you think are the things that someone who does want to make real change in their life needs to think about?
1: What they need to think about is if they're happy in their skin and if they're not happy in their skin, then they need to start making diet changes. And if those diet changes don't work and they're they're still motivated and they still want to lose weight or they still want to be better, you know, then I would suggest talking to a doctor about it and seeing if there's other options available. Um, I didn't have many of those options. I didn't think those options existed. Um, but when I knew they existed and, and I started using those options, I was able to get a better perspective on it, you know. I, I think that, honestly, a person should try a diet before consulting a doctor about weight loss because all those pills just mess you up and the surgeries mess you up. Um, But if it's a must, then, you know, I would definitely consult a doctor, but I would definitely try diets. You know, I mean, if you can keep track of your calories and just burn more than you're intaking, you know, that was a big lesson I learned was not tracking my calories. I didn't really understand calories or what macros were. And so when I would get on my fitness pal, which is uh, automatically a great app, by the way, and um, using my Fitbit or my Apple Watch, I would start tracking my calories. And that was one of the big lessons I learned about losing weight was tracking my calories and what I'm burning. As long as you're burning more calories than you're taking, you're going to lose some weight. Well, you just got to keep dedicated at it. And that's, that's the one big thing right there was tracking calories.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that was really inter- interesting you just mentioned was, like, asking yourself the question, are you happy in your skin? Are you happy in your skin now? Like, where are you at with that?
1: I'm very happy. I could, I take pictures now. I mean, I was never taking pictures of myself. Just, I don't have many fat pictures to show because I wasn't happy with myself. I was embarrassed. I was shy. But, man, now I, I'll take pictures anywhere, anytime, any place. Very happy in my skin. There's still that body this morphia lingers. But for the most part, I'm very happy
0: where I'm at and what I've achieved. And so, what do you think? What do you think are the the habits and skills that you've built that are going to allow you to stay happy in your skin, if that makes sense? Like as you move forward,
1: health and fitness
0: is definitely a habit and a good skill to have. I mean, I mean, anything
1: fitness just keeps me motivated it's a really hard thing to explain but once someone i'm sure you can relate once once somebody loses weight and you you are able to do those things that you weren't able to do and you start looking in the mirror and being like dang you know i'm starting to look pretty decent it becomes an addiction it becomes that 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 want to be better and want to look better and better and push yourself more and more make more goals and just keep pushing it to the absolute limits and that's what i do
0: i think that's fantastic man and like you've got some clear goals, you've got things that you're working on. And I, and I think you said like there's, there's drive that's there, you know, behind the things that you're saying, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something that we all have to learn to find for ourselves. Like you were talking about that idea of trial and error, even when it comes to nutrition, it's also trial and error when it comes to finding the right motivation, that, that thing that's going to light that fire in front of you, inside of you. Sorry. Exactly. So Andrew, is there any part of your your journey that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet today that you want to make sure that that people you know hear about, or you wanted us to talk about?
1: Uh, I mean, I can tell you for all the people out there that are questioning um, this journey or weight loss, and you're very unhappy with your life, and you're depressed, and you you feel like there's no no place to go. This is the answer, like. I promise you, and I can't promise everybody because everybody's different, Right. but if you drop that weight and you're able to do the things that you were never able to do and you're willing to do whatever it takes to achieve those goals, I promise you, you will be a lot happier and you will do things that you never thought you would do before. And it is well worth it. I promise you that. Well worth it. It changes everything from mental conditions to social anxiety. I mean, I'm social. I never used to be social. I, I never talked to people. That's why, you know, I'm kind of a little off on my conversation here. I'm not used to talking to people. This is something that I got, a skill that I got once I lost this weight. It fixed a lot of my problems. and It's the best thing I ever did. I, I recommend it to anybody. Any, anybody that's into fitness or wants to get into it, it's totally worth it hundred percent.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. And if people listening, you know, are fired up by what you're saying, man, or want to follow along and, and be able to see when you do take that step onto a stage, when you're ready to do that, where do they find you, man? How, where do they follow you?
1: Well, you can follow me on Twitter. It's, um, Spreck. It no, my Instagram is Sprecker Andrew. Mm -hmm. Um, it's under Obi Swole Kenobi. You'll see Obi Swole Kenobi. I'm sorry. Huge star Wars geek. Um, or my Twitter, which is Andrew P-Town, and you'll also see Obi Swole Kenobi. Um, yeah, just follow me. Give me a follow uh, and you know, follow my journey. I don't post a lot of videos because I don't have people to hold my camera, and I'm really – I don't want to be one of those people that right. You know, hold their phone up and then I end up on a Joey Swole video. So I don't need to be one of those people, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, – <laughs> But definitely, uh, you'll see a lot of five, you'll see a lot of stuff on mine when it comes to eating motivation, weight loss motivation, bodybuilding. Um, there's a lot of different you know avenues when you follow me. under Hundred Club and Five Percent are are big in my life. So,
0: well, I will make sure to put links to your Twitter and your IG in the show notes for the episode today, man. Andy, I end every episode with five questions. I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Sure. Okay, so question number one, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? John Candy. There we go. I like it. Everyone Everyone who listens to the show regularly knows I'm going to like that answer. Question number two, Andy, what is something about yourself that you love? Right now, my body. That's awesome because you, you couldn't have given that answer a couple of years ago, right? Exactly. No, I think that's an important, you know. It, and it's funny because I think sometimes people will say, you know, don't get wrapped up, you know, it's a mental game and don't get wrapped up in the physical and everything. But I think there is something to be said about acknowledging that you, you don't just love, you know, you don't just love yourself. You love your body and what it can do and what it's proving that it can do. I think that's great. Sorry, man. I
1: challenge anybody you lose all that weight and look in the mirror and I guarantee you, you'll start to love your body.
0: I like it, man. Question number three, Andy, what has been the, one most important new habit that you have built on this journey? Uh,
1: Nutrition. Definitely nutrition. It's my best uh, good habit. It's nutrition. Good nutrition.
0: Definitely an important one, man. Question number four, Andy. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related?
1: Well, I'd like to buy a new car. So that's that's a goal of mine this
0: year. There you go. That's a good one. I like it. And question number five, Andy, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself, you know, that day you made the, de- you know, that, that day you made the decision that you had to make change, you know, and whether that's starting the classes for the bariatric surgery or, the, or you know, kind of walking out of that appointment and, and on that day, what is one thing you would like to say to yourself in the past? You're going to be a beast.
1: That's a weird answer, I guess, but, but really? that, I mean, if I knew that, then, what I know now, yeah. oh, yeah, it's
0: game over. Well, it's that idea of being able to go back and tell yourself that what you're thinking about right now is going to happen.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So keep going.
0: Like, and, it, and it doesn't happen just because of magic. It happens mm-hmm. in the end because of the work that you're going to do. So do that work. Exactly. I like it, man. Well, Andy, I have really appreciated your time today. Thank you so much for talking to me here on the main show. We're obviously going to continue this in the Patreon after show for a few minutes, but... I do want to say a big thank you here right now.
1: Uh, Thank you, brother. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Definitely, definitely. So like I said, Andy's contact information is going to be in the show notes. So make sure you look him up and give him a follow on whatever platforms you're using. And obviously, if you're not a Patreon, subscribe to the Patreon so you can get access to the After Show episodes. Those are a good thing that you can get there over on the Patreon. You can also connect with me on Instagram at @gourmet_goes_keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gormy Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And make sure you put the the in there because sometimes people email fatguyforum at gmail.com. And apparently that goes somewhere, but it's not to me. So thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And then my friends, you're following Andrew. You're following me. Go out there and do something for yourselves today. Do something to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.